Hey you, this is your host Gina So, and welcome to Gina's Hour, where we discuss everything from reality to the imaginary within an hour, or at least we try to. to Gina's Hour. If you don't know me, I'm your host, Gina So, and so happy to have you here today. So excited for this podcast because I am co-hosting this with my friend, Saya, one of the most sweetest and smartest people I know. So welcome her. Hello, Saya. How are you doing? And just go on and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Saya. I'm a 17-year-old from New York City. And I'm currently at the Knowledge Society with Gina, and we're both doing a focus in in a technology. We're both doing the Internet of Things. Um, And today I just started my project on helping New York City subways become more accessible to people who need to use elevators um, by creating sensors that can help predict when an elevator might break because elevators currently in the New York City subway system break down at least 53 times on average every single year. So that's what I'm doing right now. Really excited to co-host with you, Gina. Yes, likewise. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. Can't wait to see how that project turns out. Keep me posted. But yeah, this is a great way to start this podcast off. We could seamlessly go and introduce our next special guest on Gina's Hour today. Today, (laughs) today, we're saying a lot of todays because we're so excited. Today, we will have a very interesting podcast with Mahesh, who has been at IBM for years now, IBM being one of the top companies to date for their leading cloud platform and cognitive solutions. Mahesh is currently the general manager for IBM's energy, environment, and utilities industry. And he is also an amazing speaker, entrepreneur, and thought leader. It's truly an honor to have you here with us today. Hey, Hi, how are you? Hey, Sam. So, I mean, COVID, you know, we're, it's been a year in. Um, how are you doing with it so far? Um, did you pick up on like new habits or anything like that? So for me, COVID has been surprisingly, um, uh, like, uh, after you go through the initial things about COVID and you think about how, how it's affecting and changing your life, it absolutely has changed both my personal and professional life. So, so for me, when I, uh, I think COVID gives you some time uh, to do some introspection on what is important for you. Um, and um, you also start looking at things differently. Right. So, so for me, the biggest thing uh, COVID has done is it's given me opportunities to do some self-introspection. Uh, start off with meditation, which I've been like trying to do for the longest while. So I've slowly started doing that. Um, that's also like focus on your own health. So from a personal standpoint, uh, that has been something that's important. Uh, from a professional standpoint, I, f- I find that uh, uh, interactions virtual, uh, they, they're great. I'm like, I think the medium such as a WebEx or a Zoom is great. Uh, but I do miss the, the personal interaction because I feel that if you have to innovate, uh, you have to have all, everybody in the room uh, collaborating. And when you're doing a virtual conference, I feel that everybody everybody's voice is not heard. Uh, and that spontaneous 
interactions that you have, I really miss that, mm. right? So I'm looking forward to a world that is going to come back. I know we will not get back to how we worked before. It's going to be a bit of a hybrid model, but I'm really looking forward to getting back. Yeah, I mean, that sounds great. I mean, some people have really bad experiences, but, you know, there's always a bright side to it. Um, so, yeah, today we're kind of going to look into your journey throughout your years, um, your experience in IoT and sustainable energy at IBM, as well as your outlook on the future. So the first question, Mahesh, um, you might have to look a little back in time for this one. Um, but what was a 16-year-old Mahesh like and what were you interested in? The 16-year-old Mahesh was pretty clueless. So, so 16-year-old Mahesh did not know what he wanted, right? So 16-year-old Mahesh used to change his strategy every other day <laughs> on what he wanted. So, so 16-year-old Mahesh was back in India. And when I was back in India, uh, uh, I was very academically inclined. Uh, so for me, science and math, like a lot of, lot of, lot of the folks like you, for me, science and math were my were my calling card, right? So, so I was like very much involved in trying to be the best, right? I come from a, I just like you guys, I come from a very competitive educational system. So it was all about how do you stay ahead and how do you show that you're good. So it was all about uh, trying to be the best, right? And uh, and then it was all about chasing accolades. Um, uh, and and back in India, you had to go through a very competitive process. Uh, so it is all about preparation. So I feel that during that phase in time, I think I spent a big chunk of my childhood studying, right? So and preparing for exams, and uh, so that's what I did. And but without a clear idea where where I wanted to apply myself, so I always kept myself open. But I definitely knew I wanted to do something analytical, so it had to be something around engineering uh, or something to do with mathematics. I knew that, but uh, but what do what did I want to do with uh, what I'm learning? I had no clue. Right, so so it was only later that I realized what I wanted. So probably I, I was still figuring out what I wanted to do. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'll be honest about that. But it is it is the constant curiosity is something that stayed with me. Uh, for me, uh, for me, it is all about trying to understand how things work. Uh, so for me, how stuff works is extremely important for me. Right. So I'm always curious. Uh, yeah. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, I mean, curiosity is the key. It's been a while somebody's asked me that question, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's always good to have an open mind. I feel like once you, it's it's good for some people who do find, you know, what they're really curious in. Uh, but if you don't really know and you have this open mind, you, you're just more overall open-minded about whatever comes and you get to experience it. So I guess it's not that bad to have an open mind at 16-year-old. So, yeah, I would, I would highly encourage that because we are all a sum of our experiences. So, uh, so a lot of the times when you, when you like or dislike something, it is a, it's a function of our immediate experiences, right? So I feel that as we grow in our lives, both professionally, personally, uh, with friends, families, colleagues, work, school, college, you, you tend to meet people with different set of experiences and these experiences tend to influence you, right? And some of them influence you positively, some of them influence you negatively. And, and I don't think there's a good and bad about this, right? Because I think experiences are important because they frame how you think. Uh, one of the experiences that I always wanted was to travel because I, I, came, I came from a family where um, uh, I, I, my, my parents are both part of the, what I call the defense forces. Uh, and if you're part of the defense forces like the army, you tend to move a lot, right? So, so moving around, moving places was a big part of my uh, growing up life. So for me, I always like travel and meeting new people, right? So, and just like that, it's not like I inherently like meeting new people. It's just my experiences made me that way. 
So I will, I will highly encourage all of you to have an open mind because as you grow in your life, in your careers, personally and professionally, you're going to have a lot of experiences. And some of them you may like, some of them you may not like, but, but you learn from all of them. Yeah. And speaking about your parents, uh, what were they like and how do you think that they've helped shape your career aspirations as a teenager? Uh, my parents like were, were uh, very, very focused on um, me achieving my potential, right, to some extent. So they always provided me opportunities to excel at whatever I did. Uh, so my, my dad is an engineer by training. So, so uh, he always inculcated in me on how to look at things analytically. He never wanted me to like take things for granted. He always wanted me to understand how things happen, how things work. And uh, to some extent, uh, get to decisions using data, right? So they always encourage me to uh, take my own decisions. Uh, and that is something that I truly value. My mom also played a very important role. My mom is an extremely kind person. Uh, so she taught me that love of how to live with empathy, having empathy for all kinds of people. I grew up in India. And in India, you have so much diversity of opportunity. There are people who are successful, uh, people who are struggling, uh, people live at different income levels. Uh, right, but but to ensure that you're able to like help people where you can, uh, also have the empathy to understand where people come from, right? So that is something I I really get from my mother. So uh, so yeah, so those were like two foundational experiences for me. So kind of taking what you've um, been through as a teen, your parents, um, and now you're in IoT and AI and cloud and all this. So did you start your career in this field, or did you end up pivoting from another industry? Heck no, I did not start my career on this. So, uh, so uh, when I start my career, so, so after I uh, after I was a teenager, I mean, <laughs> end of my teenage years, I guess I got into I got into engineering, uh, engineering, engineering, uh, and while during engineering, I realized that I'm not exactly a very good engineer, even though I knew how to get my marks. Right, so so my thing is, but given my analytical training, I knew how to ace exams. <laughs> so, so like getting getting a score was not my thing; it was something I could manage. But then I realized that no, there are people who genuinely like doing this, right? So I'm like, and there are people who really are good, right? Even though having so at that point in time, I realized that you having a, a very high GPA, like I have perfect GPAs in my school, that does not make you a good engineer, right? So at least in my case. So, so I realized that I didn't go chase what I wanted to do. I realized that I enjoy building things and I enjoy connecting and solving problems, right? So, and since I was, I did my engineering as an electrical engineer. So at that time, clean tech was taking off, right? In the early 2000s, uh, clean tech was taking off. You may, you guys <laughs> may not even be on then, but the thing was, clean tech was taking off. So everybody, the world was trying to get greener solar energy, wind energy was something that was coming up. So I definitely knew I wanted to be part of that, right? So that's how I got into a company called Schneider Electric, uh, which which is one of the largest, uh, what I say, energy management firms in the world. And I started working for them across a variety of topics. Uh, and that is where I got exposed to IoT. I got exposed to how industry works. And then subsequently to doing that for a few years, I realized that, hey, I understand how things work. I also want to understand how technology becomes a new enabler to make this even better. So that's the point when I went back to school again. Uh, so I had an opportunity to go back to University of Cambridge, wherein I had an opportunity to do my MBA. 
I also had an opportunity to do spend some time on clean tech again, uh, but this time it was uh, clean tech had had risen, and after that, clean tech uh, slowed down because of variety of reasons. And uh, then again, I could get back and learn some technology. And after subsequent to that, I had an opportunity to work for IBM. And with IBM, I have been uh, working for them in in probably three different continents, seven different countries. Uh, trying to understand how uh, technology can be applied with, with uh, uh, our clients. Basically, there are, there are many ways to apply technology. Like, like there are folks who like applying technology to build a Google or a Facebook where they are disrupting how consumers use technology. Uh, that is not my core strength, right? So my core strength is how do you apply technology to make businesses better, right? So how do you make clean energy happen? How do you get to sustainability? Right. So, how do you ensure water is clean? Uh, how do you ensure that the electricity that you get in your home comes from clean places? Uh, so, those. So, that is something that I am passionate about, and that's where I use technology to change things. And uh, yeah, and I've absolutely loved it. So, this is kind of like the intersection of the applied technology that you like, plus you get the traveling in there too. Um, so, what has been your favorite project that you've worked on so far? My favorite project was the I actually so far is the project I did in in China. So because as a part of my job uh, in IBM, I had an opportunity to uh, be in China for a few years, and then I and China was fascinating for me. Uh, and in China, I was in Beijing, and I was working on a project wherein uh, we were working with the Chinese government on helping Chinese government manage air pollution. Right, and so like, if you remember, you may not remember this, but like 10, 15 years back, Beijing had very adverse weather conditions, especially because of air pollution, and it was a real problem. And um, and there was a way to solve it, uh, and one of the ways to solve it was using technology. So I worked on a bunch of projects to with with the government there, and also with the ecosystem of partners to to look at air pollution differently, so that we can actually have blue skies, right? Mm -hmm. So so using technology to manage weather. Uh, and also doing a series of interventions to ensure you can reduce air pollution. And doing all that using AI and IoT uh, was fascinating. That's one of the coolest projects I worked on. And that, that project was instrumental in my career because it gave me an opportunity to learn technology in, in depth. A lot of the time you talk about technology at the highest level. I, I think you learn technology uh, when you apply to a hard problem. So for mm -hmm. me, that was a really hard problem where I had to take a step back, realize that I'm not the person with the solution, uh, but also work with a team of really, really smart engineers, PhDs, data scientists, subject matter expert, chemistry, physics people who all had to come together to solve this problem. And that's a place where I also felt that you need teamwork uh, to solve large problems. It's not an individual who matters. It's a team that comes together to solve problems, especially the large stuff problems. Uh, so yeah, so that was, a foundational experience for me. That's awesome. Um, and do you think you could also give us a sneak peek into the project that you're working on right now? So right now, right, I'm I'm working on a very cool project. So so, so I'm working with. Uh, uh, I can't talk about the client because it's confidential. But but what I'm trying to do is in the Nordics. I'm working on a project wherein I'm connecting a large city and all the buildings in the city. I'm trying to connect all of them together. Uh, then what I'm trying to do is ensuring that, say, in a building, uh, there are many kinds of electrical items, an electric car, 
your air conditioning. So what if you're able to aggregate all of that and you're able to control it by reducing it for 30 seconds? For example, you have an air conditioner. If I switch off your air conditioner for uh, like half a second or a second, you will not realize it, right? But if all the air conditioners in the city uh, uh, are stopped for half a second together, the total power requirement in the city comes down. So thereby, when renewable energy or wind is slowing down, I can manage supply and demand. I'm just making it very simple. Uh, but we are doing this in cities right now. So thereby, we are able to take wind energy or solar energy, which is unpredictable, and collect it and ensure that all the energy supplied in a place is coming from green sources. So this is a fascinating project. It's, it's a very, very complex project. So we have a large team working on this. And this is AI. This is IoT. This is blockchain all coming together at scale. Oh my God. <laughs> that's incredibly powerful. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, so throughout your entire career or your entire life, have you had any regrets and things that you would change or no? I had a lot of regrets. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'll be upfront about that. So the thing is, I, I think the, the thing, what happens is I, I always had, uh, I call it different phases of life. Uh, so there are a lot of phases in life wherein you do things for others. Uh, there are phases in life where you want to like... So I spent a lot of time in my life doing things for others, right? Because trying to keep everybody else happy and then you become the most unhappy. So so, so, so I've been through that phase. So, so I, would, I would strongly advise to do that uh, because I think it's very important to do things that also make you happy because I feel that once you are happy, then you are in a position to make other people happy. Right, so uh, so I feel that we always try to make everybody else happy around you, and then you're the unhappiest person, right? So I think trying to strike a good balance. So I I I was not I didn't have a good balance for a big part of my life. Uh, so then so that is something I regret, uh, and I also like uh, regret not traveling as much I wanted, right? So say for example when I travel to a place uh, where I have an opportunity to see one more extra city, uh, where I've not done that, those are the places. Uh, that's something that I, I regret. But then again, you want the rest of your life to fix it. Mm -hmm. True. Uh, I can relate. <laughs> um, so how do you effectively adapt to a rapidly changing environment within the tech industries? I mean, it's drastically going, going to change and you're going to have to kind of catch up to technology when it does do that. Um, but how do you do that? And also, how do you bring innovation into your work? Two things, right? So first thing is, if you want to have a career in technology, I want to tell you one thing. You can't stop learning. If you want, if you're a person who believes that, okay, I'm done with engineering or I'm done with my grad school or my undergrad and I don't need to learn ever again, then please don't choose technology, please. Uh, in technology, you have to constantly keep learning because technology keeps changing. Uh, you can't be a know-it-all because you learn something and it changes. Right? So you have to be a learn-it-all, you know? So you have to have this muscle of constantly being, uh, of learning new technology. And, and how do you learn stuff? By saying, I don't know, right? The first thing about accepting or learning something is accepting what you don't know, right? So be, have that muscle to know what you don't know and be comfortable with that, right? Because there's a lot of time to learn stuff. I, I believe that if you spend 100 hours learning something, you know some know that topic better than like 90% of the people. People don't spend time in detail, right? That's that's something I realized. 
So definitely spend a lot of time learning. Uh, and learning does not need to be done at a particular point in time or a particular way. There's no one kind of learning. Learning can be done by reading a book, reading a blog, listening to a podcast, whatever works for you, right? But definitely have that muscle of constantly learning. Second question that you had was about innovation. Innovation is something that, uh, it's not something that is like, let's be innovative right now. So innovative is a constant, uh, you have to know the subject for sure, but it's it's constant engagement, right? You become innovative by trying different things, right? And also by having what I call a cross-cultural team, because everybody talks of diversity. Diversity is required for innovation, right? Because unless you look at a problem in multiple different ways, right? Uh, uh, your identity and how you look is just one dimension, right? You need diversity of all kinds. And when you get diversity of all kinds to look at a problem and you get all of these different kinds of inputs, then in that moment, you know you have found something new, right? Because then you suddenly have taken all of these different viewpoints and you realize, aha, you can look at this problem differently. The second place I would always look at something is look at problems from a first principle standpoint. Don't take things for granted, right? If somebody has done something and there's a method to do that, be comfortable questioning it. Right? You only create something new by either improving something or by doing something completely differently. Right? So have a first principle understanding of what you want to do. So have a good foundation. Right? Uh, so And a good foundation comes by having a mentality to learn. And more on that, in terms of your outlook on the future of the tech industry, what does that look like in the context of climate change? Because this is such a big issue. Um, so do you think that IoT and sustainable technology has the power to disrupt or even dent <laughs> dent the the issue of climate change? My question is not if, it has to. It's a question of our, our combined survival as a species, right? And the path that we are on today is unsustainable, right? So, so we definitely have to change our path to do things differently. Now, now, the thing is, the answer is not one or the other, right? I don't have like a fixed opinion, this is the answer or that is the answer. I think it's a portfolio of solutions that need to come together. And none of these solutions will happen tomorrow. When people tell me, let's not do this, let's do that, stop that, start this, it is not a switch on, switch off, right? You have to transition from one thing to the other and you have to look at all of these problems as portfolios. Like oil and gas is not bad. Like petrochemical is not bad. Coal is not bad. It is bad in its in its current use and how it's used right now. It is a use of coal in a particular way that is bad. Renewable energy is good, but if you're wasting a lot of renewable energy, then it comes with own set of issues. So my thing is look at every solution in its pros and cons, right? And then find a solution that becomes a portfolio. And also with climate, right? People forget the aspect of affordability, right? If if you and I and all of us can get on this call and Zoom in the comfort of our rooms, have this conversation. There's a whole uh, population and people who don't have access to these privileges. They are the people who have, want to have access to electricity. Electricity is an essential commodity, right? So we have to do this transition to clean energy uh, in a very affordable way and equitable way, right? It's not just about technology. It's all about looking at affordability and equity so that we take everybody together so that is also part of the discussion that we need to think about. This is only going to get solved by technology because we are moving from a system that was very well understood 
to a system that is going to be very, very probabilistic. And if you have to manage a probabilistic system, you are not going to use a hedge to do it. Uh, you need a machine to do that at scale. And uh, when that is where the concept around AI, concept around IoT to connect things, concept for blockchain to manage it as a secure ledger, uh, and also ensure there's trust in the system. All of these things become important. So technology is going to be foundational. I also feel that clean tech 2.0 is taking off now. The clean tech is clean tech is huge uh, because it's only with breakthrough technologies are we going to solve this problem. So as you guys are going to get into uh, your schools and then you come out of schools, clean tech is going to be the just like for me, I was part of information technology, IT was a big thing when I was coming up. Like when you guys come out of school, clean tech is going to be a huge opportunity to all of you. And clean tech requires people who are passionate. Right? What can be more passionate than saving the world? I'm like, well, there's <laughs> calls that are higher than that, right? I'm like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this was great. Um, but before we end off the session, um, question for both of you, um, Saya and Mahesh. Um, what are your personal goals for 2021? For me, my personal goal is I, I had a, I just recently had a daughter. So my personal goal is to spend a lot of time with my daughter. So that is my personal goal. So, uh, so it's, it's very clear for me. <laughs> wow. I mean, it is one goal, but I'm sure um, there will be fun and things you will learn along the way as well. Um, but that's really exciting. Congratulations. Um, oh, thank you. But yes, yeah, I how about you? Yeah, congrats, Mahesh. That's huge. Um, mine is kind of similar in that for me, it's about connecting with people again. I think after this lockdown and being by myself in my room for a really long time, this year I'm really going to focus on rekindling those relationships because I think throughout life, the most important thing to me is the people around me and um, making sure that those relationships are strong. Absolutely. So so one of the things I definitely want to like talk to you about is like, Life is about, like, I think I'm borrowing from Ray Dalio, uh, whom I really uh, admire. Uh, uh, life is about meaningful work and meaningful relationships. So so you want to do things that are meaningful to you. So you feel that your work that you do is meaningful, right? You're making an impact. And and secondly, to what Saya said, it's about meaningful relationships, right? It's, it's not just about work or about making money. It's also have people around you that you enjoy that with. Right, so so always focus and try to get a good balance. I am not a good example of doing that. I'm always learning, uh, but but thing is, it's always so I always feel that you have there's always places to improve, right? So so be curious, have fun. I'm I'm absolutely amazed at uh, at what Gina and Sai you guys are doing it when you were 16 because clearly I was not doing this when I was 16. So <laughs> so so more power to you. You're the future, right? And the fact that the amount of effort that you guys are putting in to like make yourself better human beings, this is an this is something that you 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 could have chosen not to do this, right? Instead, you chose to do this, and you're putting the extra effort to improve yourself as people, uh, as friends, as uh, uh, especially in your relationships. It's spectacular. Please go ahead and keep doing this. I always use your example, Gina, because when you reached out, I was absolutely flabbergasted that this is what. Uh, people are doing today. I was telling my team, this is the next generation that's going to come and be competing with you. You better start reading stuff. Because <laughs> like in 10 years, these guys are going to come and tell you how to do things. So, so, so more power to you. Uh, 
Please continue what you're doing. You guys are spectacular. And that's how we're going to end the podcast. Thank you, Mahesh, for making time for me and Saya. Saya, thank you so much for being the best co-host ever. And guys and gals, Mahesh himself said it. We are the future. We are the future. So it is up to us to make the right decisions, to actually go out there and solve the world's greatest, biggest problems. It's really up to us and literally everyone is just waiting for us to make our move and this is our time to make our move. And before you go, don't go yet. Um, If you really liked this podcast, uh, hopefully you did. Make sure to follow Gina's Hour on the platform that you are listening to currently so that you don't miss an episode. And thank you so much again to Saya and Mahesh. And I can't wait to see who our next guest on this podcast will be. I'm so excited and just so pumped. Thank you always for your support, everyone. And I will see you very, very soon. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thank you.